0: KM and the AM, today is Yom HaShoah, today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. In the background, this is the siren that sounds throughout Israel on Yom HaShoah. The country comes to a halt, everybody leaves their cars, pedestrians stand still. And everyone has an opportunity to contemplate, to concentrate, to think about those who perished at the hand of the enemies, Al-Kiddush Hashem, during World War II. Let us not take the state of Israel for granted. Let us not take the sacrifice made by millions for granted. Let us take a couple of minutes or more on this Yom HaShoah and tell our children, our grandchildren, our students, our congregants, our constituents, about this day and how important it is to remember those who are no longer with us. It is a uh, it is a profound honor to welcome uh, Israel Stark to our airwaves. Israel Stark is the author of a boy named six eight eight one eight. It is the gripping true-life account of spiritual resistance and survival under horrific circumstances. Israel Srulik Stark was born outside Munkac in the former Czechoslovakia. At the age of 14, he was taken along with his family and community by the Nazis. He lived through four different death camps over the course of his internment until his liberation in 1945. The memoir recounts his life and experiences of Srulik Storch before, during, and after the events of the Shoah. This dramatic memoir is uniquely targeted to tweens as well as adults. The story speaks to the generation of today who may know little or nothing of the Holocaust era. It introduces the tragic events of the Holocaust of today's youth in order to pass on and preserve its lessons, ones which remain startlingly relevant to this day. Let me also mention before I welcome Mr. Israel Stark to our airwaves that he will be presenting this morning at the Shulamit School in Cedarhurst beginning at 10.30. The community is welcome to attend and um uh, the book available of course uh, everywhere there is a website a boy named 68818.com Mr. Israel Stark welcome to JM in the AM
1: Good morning good morning habnagam how I, are you this morning
0: I am I'm fine I I am I am honored to have you on uh, in a in a way I I find myself uh uh somewhat speechless uh and not n- sure where to begin your story i i read the book it is it is uh like many other accounts of those who survive just an un- it-, it it is unbelievable in that for our generation and i'm sure for anybody who's lived through quote unquote normal times it is almost impossible to believe that one could go through what you went through it's hard to believe enough that one could put you through what they put you through but that you were able to survive
1: answer your questions please uh, the first one i would like to express my heartfelt thanks to you for giving me this uh, opportunity to say a few words uh, on this uh, very important day of of zikr when we have to remember and the second thing uh, i would like to uh, give a Shiva dua to the Shluelam, that he gave me the, the, the years and the strength to be able to express my feelings and my experiences to so many young people of different ages, which I've been doing for the last 20, 25, 40 years. And uh, I really hope, and I hope to the Reboine Shloem will continue to give me strength to do so, to carry on this important information that all the children and the grandchildren should learn about this, this terrible
0: time. Is it difficult for you to declare that publicly and to, and to thank God publicly when I and other readers can relate to this audience how much you lost and what was taken from you and how devastating all these episodes were in your early part of your life?
1: Well, I I just want to make an observation that it is certainly not a hammer to any any uh, survivor that uh, there were so many others in in the Mishpoch and so forth that also uh, lost so many loved ones and went through the same thing. But uh, everyone has his own can write his own book because there are no uh, two
0: experiences alike. Uh, simil- that is true. What gets me, and I don't know if uh, maybe I'm at an age where it's more, you know, it's more um, pronounced to me. What gets me is the adjustment that has to be made as every one of these transitions is taking place. For instance, uh, at some point, and you and you and your family, and again, you were very young, so obviously the adults in the family, I'm sure, felt it more. But even you, as you write, you know, picked up the fact that there was something going on, that there was some unease in the community and in your family. Um, your family is feeling all this, and then all of a sudden, of course, you know, the, the soldiers show up at the door, decide to, you know, move into your house, and I'm not exaggerating, that's exactly what happened, correct?
1: At the Seder, when my father, uh, recited the Vahishi De there were uh, several German officers in uh, just a door away because they have uh, uh, confiscated one of our rooms for, for their own use and that was uh, a few weeks before Pesach and during the Seder they, they happened to be in the next room well, well, when my father conducted the Seder so uh, I think one can imagine the mood you know, of the Seder that that my family was in at that moment
0: I, I, that's it it's, it's so hard to imagine and so difficult to comprehend. Uh, how, how was anybody, especially the adults, able to sleep at night during that period? It must have been impossible.
1: Well, as a young boy, I have. Uh, you, you must. Uh, you probably know that we did not have any radios, uh, or certainly there was no television at the time. Uh, I did get uh, some of my sisters uh, receive certain magazines, uh, Hungarian magazines. Uh, And so forth, which I was able to read as a hater boy, and uh, find out uh, basically what's going on in the world. Uh, And the second source of news, which was very important, was the mikveh. I used to uh, place myself in the side of the mikveh and every uh, time uh, sit there for uh, several hours and hear uh, every every yid came in with 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 his own news. uh, flesh and, and what's going on in the world and also express his own opinion. And I carried that with me, and I carried it home.
0: At some point, uh, your family is informed directly, you know, face-to-face, that they have an hour to pack up. You have an hour to pack up, whatever you want to take, and, and gather together at the shul for the next set of instructions, right?
1: That is absolutely right. That, that was exactly on, on the... Sh- uh, I say, uh, 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 morning. The morning after Achron Shel Pesach, it was on Isri Chag, We uh, still did not uh, get rid of the chometz of the, of the, I'm sorry, of the of the kalem, of the Pesachek There was no chometz in our house yet, and there was a knock on the door, and informing us. Uh, first of all, they wanted to know if all the members of our family are present, and uh, the second command was, we give you one hour to pack and uh and carry with you uh to a certain place uh for gathering uh whatever you can pack uh well uh can you imagine or can you listeners imagine Khli if they would have such a uh a command to 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 leave their home and pack whatever they can in in one hour what do you take what do you pack my mother did not have any fancy suitcases, and she had uh taken a big sheet uh uh, and started throwing in some uh, articles of clothing and and a few other articles that I was not aware of. And, uh, and she packed, and we showed up where we were told to show up.
0: And she encouraged your sisters to run to the forest, right?
1: No, uh, she did not encourage my sisters. My sisters did this on their own. As they heard uh, this command being given at the front door, uh, they opened up uh, the back window of our home, which we we were located next to a forest or or a very beautiful uh, area of uh, wooded area and they have gone out through the window uh, fortunately i found out after liberation that my older sister had sense enough to instruct her younger ones to go back in and take out some candlesticks in my father's becher and a few pieces of jewelry which she uh, managed to bury right under that window uh dig a home bury under that window and I was not aware of it. I, in after the war she came back. They fortunately uh they also survived and and they uh, uh found all that and, and uh, buried under that window. We still have uh, my father's becher today I use on on the yontif and on Shabbos and on special occasions.
0: Yeah I, I read that I I don't mean to jump ahead, but um, and and it is your two sisters who are your other family members who survived. If the key to your survival, let's just say for argument's sake, was was the fact that you were a good worker and valuable to the Nazis, and I know it's a lot more complicated than that, but it, but and, and you were able to stay healthy relatively. If that was the, what was the key to their survival? Was there a? And I, I don't know. I, I d not even know if, if it's something that they would want to share publicly. You'll have to tell me. But I, I was just curious. What was their road to freedom throughout this entire experience?
1: Uh, the key to my survival, uh, I can give you in a very short uh, few, few words, was Imun HaShem. Uh, without that, uh, there probably would, been, would have been no uh, use to go on and, and try to fight every day, or I should say maybe every minute, uh, it was uh, like walking on a tightrope, you know. Uh, any any little thing could could, could uh, sort of kill you over. Uh, but uh, my basic uh, muna was based on, on muna shem. The Rebbeinu still is our 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 God, and, and even though that there may have been hester ponim, or or I could not answer. Many many of my friends asked me, how could you believe in the Rebbeinu How could you tell us? to try and, and hold out and survive, don't you see? Why don't you turn around and see right, what's going on right in the back of you? Uh, when I try to discourage this type of feeling because <clears throat> when somebody came to me with these diners, I was uh, very, very discouraged that this person is giving up. And giving up uh, was one of the causes that many people uh, did not survive.
0: And I asked about your sisters. Was that their, was that their path to survival as well? Was well, it, was they, it
1: they had the same sorry, the same upbringing as I did, so consequently I have never really discussed with them or never told me uh, what their thoughts were during those terrible uh, days. Uh, but I imagine they also had to have a Muna uh to that eventually uh maybe just maybe we will be able to live through this ordeal f- uh but they never told me really uh, exactly what has sustained them uh, during the during these these days
0: the first train that you were put on was after that shul in munkach right
1: no the first train they they took us of course uh, after the um, packed and showed up there after a while they made sure that everybody it's present, so they took us to a ghetto, which was in, in Munkach, right. or at the outskirts of Munkach. The exactly It was a brick factory. Right. Uh, it was a college brick factory, and there were two of them in east side of Munkach, where they gathered uh, uh, those those unfortunate uh, people. And, uh, of course, from there, I really don't recall exact time uh, that we were in the in the ghetto, but eventually they told us that uh, we are going to some Hungarian farms for uh, do some farm work, and the families will stay together. And loaded us up on the way to to Auschwitz.
0: Right. And and before we get to that experience, uh, the, the, there 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 was someone you remember, a non Jew who tried to who tried to give the people in there uh, food and water. Am I correct?
1: There was. Uh, I don't remember that incident, but my sisters uh, were aware of it, and they arranged. Uh, that one of their uh, friends, uh, which was uh, a a non-Jewish friend of theirs, uh, came to uh, uh, the ghetto and and brought some food for us, uh, uh, which which was very much in need because, uh, as I said, it was the day after Pesach, and nobody uh, was able to bring along any food uh, with them. At, on that morning that we were taken away, All
0: right, and, and and of course that was at the risk. I mean, the, the, the people risked their lives if they would do that, right? If they were found out, they would they would likely be. Uh, ev- well,
1: not uh, so much in in Hungary or in our area, uh, I think, uh, then, because uh, you have to realize that they did not have any more uh, the ability to to or the personnel, I should say, their their their. Uh, uh, people that did the dirty work for them to enforce everything. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember quite clearly when they loaded us up in the trains. There was only two Hungarian gendarmes and one German officer present and uh, on that entire operation. And and can you imagine? There were there were probably uh, several thousand uh, the were loaded on, on this train. So uh, certainly there could have been a, uh, very easily we could have overcome them and run away, but. Uh, but this is a different, uh, different sheet, this is a different setter, uh that nobody, uh, nobody helped us, and nobody encouraged us to do anything of that sort.
0: Israel Stark is author of A Boy Named 68818. What can you tell us? I just think it's so important, aside from the curiosities, I just think it's so important that we get a perspective. It's something we just can't relate to. What can you tell us about those experiences on the trains, on the cattle cars?
1: Well, the experience on the train was uh, since um, we were told that um, we were going to be heading towards uh, uh, some Hungarian uh, farms and do some farm work, and uh, we wanted to believe that. Of course, uh, just like we wanted to believe many other shimuras that came through in, in Munkac, uh from some people that managed to to come back from the uh, working conscripts uh, conscripts from the Hungarian uh, uh, young people that they took for work instead of the army. And they have witnessed some of the uh, real terrible schitties in communist Podolsk in, in these most terrible areas. And and a few people here and there managed to escape from there also, very few. And so, I remember as a little boy, we, uh, these, these shemus came back to us. This news filtered through, but uh, we, we just refused to believe it. Nobody wanted to believe it because it was so terrible. So basically, uh, so once the train started moving. Uh, they lifted me up, and they said, Zulik, uh, there was a little... Uh, the only opening from the from the freight car was a little rectangular uh, window, and they... Usually the train sh- slowed up when it passed the main uh, railroad station, like Kosice and others, and said, Why don't you read off to us uh, what uh, station that train is passing through? And uh, I did this several times, and, of course, and every time it passed through a station... And i the mood kept on changing in in that in that freight car uh because we realized that we are not going to any Hungarian farms at that yeah. point
0: in inside the train are people crying? are people praying? Are people unable to move what What is it like
1: uh Yes, people were unable to move, but there was no there was no discussion, there was no crying there was silence, but the silence itself had an effect on you because uh, somehow uh, i don't know sometimes people say something which has an effect on, on, on another person but here the silence had an effect on everybody and just everybody for was sitting with with his or her thoughts and uh, either say tell him or or uh, or or um, contemplated uh, what the future will bring but uh, nobody talked
0: the longest you were on a train was how long
1: I don't remember exactly, but it may have been uh, maybe two days or maybe two-and-a-half days. And finally the train slowed up, and, and they told me again, uh, Sulek, what do you see? And I, I also felt that uh, this is the end of the line because I looked out at little opening, and I reported to everybody in that freight car, and I said, I see a big platforms with all types of, of, of bundles and, and, and suitcases and around that platform. And, uh, and sure enough, the train, uh, pretty soon came to a halt and, and, uh, the, the doors clanged open, so to speak, and suddenly the, the fresh air, uh, came in and, and, and enlivened us again. And the command was given, Aussteigen, uh, everybody get off, and, uh, and, but, uh, I, my mother, uh, my mother, uh, sort of, uh, motioned to me, don't get off, wait, and I waited, and, and then the, the rest is, uh, is, is, is history, which, which is in the book. I don't want to go in and take up yeah. much
0: time. No, I understand. I, and I know what you're referring to in terms of that episode. Is that the last time you saw your mother?
1: That is the last time I saw my mother.
0: And the actual... Because an officer actually separates both of you, right? Am I right that, that an officer
1: well and there wasn't an officer no it was one of the prisoners it was a young man in a striped suit who was in charge of the arrival of that transport
0: right yeah that's what i mean uh, someone in authority sure
1: that everybody cleared out of the right. of the of the freight cars and of course my mother didn't because she started uh, putting on this clothing on me right so uh... finally he came back and and he uh, actually mounted the 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 freight car and and warned us to get off immediately and he also issued the the information to me at that time that uh told me Ingela uh, uh, he says the and I says I am I'm Fersen and he says Dibisnish Fersen, Dibis
0: Right, in other words he asks you how old you are, you say fourteen and he says to you you're eighteen.
1: He says, You're not fourteen, you are eighteen. Right. And I uh, argued with him but finally he looked at me and he says, Ingela du is kein Here you don't ask any questions. If I tell you you're 18, you're 18, and I remember that and get off. So that my father handed me the film, and he says, please hold on to these as long as you can. And uh, we uh, we got off finally that freight car, and that was the last time I saw my mother.
0: In in a way, that uh, person of authority, whoever it was that was in charge of getting everyone off the train, in a way he saved you because if if they would have known or if you would have admitted to your real age would it have been over for you?
1: That is absolutely correct. And there was there's no not in a way but he actually saved my life because I have, he wouldn't have tipped me off. I remember when it came to the selection I I am not aware I don't know whether it was Mengele the famous Mengele Machmoe or or some other uh, some other uh, uh, I I would say but uh, uh, the question was: uh, My father was in front of me, and the question is, uh, "Wie alt du?" Comes to Arbeiten, and uh, of course, uh, everybody gave their answer, and then he motioned to go, which direction to go. And uh, so my father uh, gave the answers, and then my turn came, and the first question was, "Wie alt du?" And I had all this clothing on me, and uh, of course, I was also, as, as a boy, I was a tall boy, and um, and I said, "Achsen," and he says, "Comes to Arbeiten," and says, "Hier wohl." So he motioned to me go in the same direction as my father, wow. Which of course was the first, saved my life, there's no doubt about it. And of course, uh, starting at that moment, after we got our uniform, so to speak, my my struggle for for existence and my father's struggle for existence started.
0: Yeah, it started that day. When was the last time you saw your father?
1: <clears throat> the, no, my father also we from Auschwitz. We were only in Auschwitz probably about i don 't maybe the most uh two weeks right. and then they loaded us up again on the way to Mutthausen. Mutthausen was uh, one of the most uh, terrible Vernichtungslager. It, it was it was uh, just just created for that, but also to distribute the supply of 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 new uh, fresh labor uh, to many of the satellite camps so Mutthausen as i said was separated with my father to a through a uh, Accident.
0: A boy named six eight eight one eight, Israel Stark, is with us live via telephone. He is the author. Um, you were given that number at Auschwitz, correct? No,
1: I was given that number in Mathausen.
0: In Mathausen, okay.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I was not tattooed, and of course, I found out uh, uh, just about four or five years ago uh through Yad Vashem, why uh, certain uh prisoners, why uh, certain we were not tattooed. I uh, do not want to take up too much time and go into this uh, particular reason, but I I was handed a little piece of cloth with a red triangle and uh, with the number 68818, and I was told, uh, little boy, uh, from now on, uh, this is your name. Your name is no more Yisrael Star. And uh, this is the title of the book that I decided to uh, come up with, uh, which is I'm I'm just getting some tremendous uh, feedback about uh, I, I never imagined such success with this book. And uh, certainly it was not uh, the reason I, I, I came out with it was not uh, for any profits or anything. There would be no profits there. But it, it has been really amazing uh, how uh, people... are are, are excited about it, and and educational, people in education. And what is really the most surprising, uh, Nachum, to me, is the non-Jewish population, how they are uh, constantly calling me and reordering the book uh, to many different schools and and different institutions and libraries.
0: Hmm, Unbelievable. At any point, did you feel there was any significance that the number ended with high?
1: No. Uh, I was uh, just uh, recently, uh, since I came out with the book, I mean, some people have made that observation, uh, but I have, uh, I have never really thought about that. This might be uh, a certain sign or a certain sign that uh, the that it ends with 18. Of course, you have to also realize that many times uh, the uniforms, uh, or I call it the uniform, our clothing became soiled or, or, or torn or so forth. So there was no problem getting another uh, set of clothing, uh, of the prison clothing. But uh, the most important thing was I constantly was very careful to transfer that number over right. from from my old uh, torn jacket to to my new one. So uh, if I we would not Khalilah be caught without a number, or, or for some reason or other, or punished because of that,
0: and I hate to even uh, I hate to even mention why it was easy to get replacement uh, uniforms.
1: Uh, you you're right. I mean you don't have to mention it, but there was no no problem. The mm-hmm. shoe was a different problem because any good shoes uh, were mostly even even disappeared uh, uh, in in barracks. So uh, and so they issued if somebody needed shoes, they issued wooden shoes. There was there was there was the, the shoe. Uh, basic uh, for for prisoners uh, in 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 the concentration
0: camp I, I hope you don't mind um if i ask you what 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 some people might think are inane curiosities but i just it it's it i don't get this opportunity too often uh to ask someone like yourself who remembers it so clearly and who's willing to share the information uh nighttime in the barracks uh is there conversation is there any is there any activity is there is there is there is there overwhelming despair? what What is it like?
1: Well, yes, at nighttime in the barracks, uh, we had, let's say, an hour or two before I actually fell asleep in in the bunks. I always managed to be the, and there were three tier bunks. I always managed to be on the top tier. Sometimes we were uh, seven uh, we slept seven uh, like, like sardines, uh, uh, head in different directions. And sometimes we were even 10. Uh, of course, the, the, the lice was, was unfortunately, the, the, one of the biggest problems, and uh, to, to be eaten up alive uh, through these parasites. But basically, most conversations uh, just uh, were, are, are all on food. Food, food, food. Remember what I ate, remember what we had, and remember this. And of course, if we... If we uh, I, I, I probably read about couple in the, in in the book a couple was uh, of course our uh, computer and uh, we had no energy or there was no need for for me or to my friends to uh, try and uh, keep a hashban whether it's uh, 5 days in in, in Eeyore or or whether a is coming. Out. Right,
0: couple was the man who was able to keep track of that. Right.
1: But he, uh, we wanted to know what day it is, and right. we wanted to know what week it is, or whether it's uh, about Hoidish. All we had to do is consult with the uh, and and he gave you the answer immediately.
0: Right. Which which, which it, it struck me so when I read about that that how many people you were lucky in that he was there. How many people went through these situations didn't even know what day it was, and I'm not even, I'm not even talking about wondering when Shabbos is just it, it, it must be so disconcerting when when it's just one day into the next, and you have no idea you know any uh, any judgment of time, space, anything.
1: you're right, there was those, of course you, you have to realize we had no watches, we had no paper, we had no calendars. Uh, we had nothing of a kind. We only we could, of when, when tell when is the daylight and when is when is the time, when night it comes around. Uh, but basically, uh, any other information, it, it was something that we, nobody wanted to spend some energy and try to uh, figure out where, uh, what date it is because it was of no importance. Every day was just trying to live through and trying to exist another day. So, but uh, but of course, sometimes we did have to know because we wanted to know if, uh, uh, still if if we miss, uh, let's see, M Kipper or Kipper is coming up, or Sukkot and or any other uh, date. So, couple was there, and, and that was a uh, uh, God uh, given, uh, I think, gift to us.
0: America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, JM and, the am.org and of course on the NSN app. Israel Stark is with us on this Yom HaShoah, this Holocaust Remembrance Day. The book is entitled A Boy Named 68818. Later today, Mr. Stark is going to be the guest speaker at the Shulamit School in Cedarhurst starting at 1030 this morning. The community is welcome to attend. and. As you hear this story, you could see and uh, hear why it's so important to attend and encourage your children to do so as well. Um, you talk about you just mentioned in terms of the calendar and not knowing days. You talk about someone, I assume, it was a couple uh, discovering or remembering that Yom Kippur was approaching, and there was actually there was actually a spontaneous Yom Kippur service, if we can call it that, in the barracks. Right, people were just trying to recall whatever they could of the Um Kippur liturgy. Am I right?
1: You're absolutely right. Um, we did not, uh, it was almost like uh, an immediate decision. Uh, they went around asking, "Do you? can you recite any of the tvilas from Um Kippur night uh, by heart? And of course, there were quite a few um, uh, individuals, quite a few prisoners who still uh, remembered very clearly certain fillers uh and And from you night uh, yeah, like uh, I of course call everybody was aware of but right. i i uh, was uh, laying on my bunk and and started suddenly heard the uh all these all fillers these and i uh and the same thing is and suddenly the the beautiful somebody said yale with a beautiful ning and 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 everybody started crying and 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 it, it was the cries were so loud and, and it was heartbreaking, but at the same time, many felt you know every minute they're going to break in, come in with with who knows with uh, what weapons or, or or some other uh, things and and just and just um, uh, uh, completely destroy us. But nothing of the sort happened. I fell asleep during during those when those fillers were going on. In the morning, I, I wake up and I say to my uh, friend who was next to me, one of my friends, and I say, I had a, had a very interesting dream. I have a <laughs> dream that... And finally, he, he straightened me out. He says, Sulek, there was no dream that actually took place. And it took place, and thank God, uh, nobody uh, really has uh, disturbed that and, and, and destroyed us.
0: Uh, you, you, uh, obviously, you saw many people being killed. Uh, You yourself went through at least one terrible beating, uh, if not others. Uh, Did you wake up each morning wondering, is this the day I'm going to be killed? Is this the day I'm going to be beaten? Is this the day that life is going to end?
1: No. Everybody woke up every morning and tried to say, how am I going to manage to get through the day without being punished or without being in any way murdered? So uh that was the uh the 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 basic thing just to get through another day where you did not commit any terrible uh i would say uh sin as far as as far as these Russians were concerned uh, that you that you needed to be punished i was punished uh, uh by uh they gave me twenty five lashes uh yes after work they called again sixty eight eight eighteen and when somebody hears uh, any any number ever it usually wasn't very good news, so some uh, of the german uh, um, uh, i would say managers that managed our work uh reported uh to, to to the capo that i uh, uh i did not do my my job which was uh bringing those those pointers uh, for 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 uh into the tunnels right. for able to to advance with the drills and I was late or i was goofing off so uh, they, they gave me 25 lashes, uh, which was uh, terrible, of course. And uh, If it wouldn't be for my friends who gave me the tremendous support at that time and helped me to get back to camp uh, and so forth. And thank God, uh, eventually, it, um, I, I healed and, and I overcame uh, that punishment, too. So, again, it was the will of the Reboim for for me to, to go on from one thing to the other.
0: You, the, the nature of your work kept you out of bad weather conditions very often, which you write is a tremendous advantage because most people had to suffer in the outdoors in very bad weather, right?
1: No, the advantage of my work was something else. The advantage of my work was that I had access to fire.
0: To fire?
1: Nobody else had. Right. Like, <clears throat> because these pointers that I carried in and out of the tunnels, they had to be sharpened, and we could not have any fire going inside the tunnel because they would probably consume some of the oxygen there, so uh, I had to carry it out. But having access to fire gave me a tremendous advantage, because uh, uh, many many of the prisoners came down with dysentery. Dysentery was one of the biggest biggest problems. Many got so bad that they had to go into check into a revere, so a hospital, so to speak. But unfortunately, I don't know, I remember anybody that ever checked out. Right. So uh, consequently, I was managed to 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 make a deal with a blacksmith, and I told him, "Can I burn some wood?" And I was told that that uh, charcoal is a refuer for dysentery. So I I burned some wood and I let it cool off, and then I scraped off the uh, the charcoal or the burn part right. into a powder. Uh, the problem was I didn't have uh, where to how to package that. But finally, finally, I found some big leaves near a pond, which I packaged that black powder and uh, then some some paper from cement bags, and I distributed this to some of uh, the prisoners suffering from that machler. And uh, many of them many of them told me, Srulik, it was a great help. It was a great help. So that was one of the. Tremendous advantages that I had that nobody else had is the access to fire.
0: And what? And what about the weather, though? Because uh, obviously you're not clothed properly, and at night I'm sure you're not covered the way you would normally be in these days. I mean, the
1: weather the weather was only a factor in in the time when they because we had, we were of course in the camp and milk in the camp itself, but the work was I would say about a half an hour or uh, three quarters of an hour away. Uh, from From the camp in in the mountains where mm. we built tunnels, which eventually uh, the the Germans wanted to use it for industrial purposes and establish some factories in these in these tunnels uh, so uh, but so inside working inside uh, the, the the weather was not a factor. the weather could only be a factor marching back and forth uh, from the uh, back into the camp and sometimes it was absolutely in the winter time, absolutely unbearable, and people were just crying or, 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 or wanted to give up. And uh, I remember, in my group started to sing. We 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 were uh, saw that it was a very a terrible uh, um, situation, and we started singing. And eventually, believe it or not, little by little, others started to joining us, uh, us in, in helping us sing. I think it took away some of the terrible condition of, of feeling the, the terrible cold and, and the rain and the wind and the snow, so uh, that was also a great moment.
0: Israel Stark is with us. Were, were you were you given food more than once a day?
1: Uh, we were given food in the morning. We were given some kind of a um, it was called a tea or a soup, uh, which was based, um, I I felt it was made from caraway seeds, but the, the portion of bread, uh, which uh, I say we couldn't call bread because it was not regular bread. Uh, it was a loaf divided sometimes in eight portions and sometimes in six portions. It was given to us uh, every evening uh, after we came back from work and with uh, some soup, supposed to be called a gumiza, or, or a vegetable soup, uh, I imagine from the leftovers of the of the, of the german kitchen which uh, was ready to be uh, thrown out in the garbage
0: was there ever an episode or any indication that these vicious murderers had any humanity in them was there any encounter you ever had where you said to yourself oh wow this really is a human being and not just the monster that they always are
1: yes i had one encounter because i was also wounded in a, in an accident um on this uh their belt
0: right which you and, almost and I mean, your your life almost ended in that episode
1: that is correct but uh, I was saved also there and um, so uh, basically uh, I try to hide it because again uh, if you are not able to work do your job they you were not uh, useful anymore right uh, many times I was when we marched back and forth to to the working area uh, we used to go up uh, some steps, and there was one soldier who constantly was uh, outside uh, because we were always in five. Always had to line up in five in a row, and I managed to stay outside uh, on, on the edge of the of the five uh, individuals. And he handed me sometimes an apple or or a, or a potato, which was a, a German soldier. Uh, the other the other incident which i i my friends did not believe and uh, i i was uh, it was already uh, i believe it was in late um, it must have been maybe in uh, october or November i was walking down the camp uh, uh, grounds and we had a every time a German officer approached or, or came towards us we had to stop and take the our mitzo the mitzo is the camp. And, and wait till, uh, till he passed by. And this time I see this this big officer with tremendous, uh, beautiful uniform. It was an Air Force officer coming towards me. I stopped, and I took my mitzvah off and, uh, like I'm supposed to, and then I started passing him by and uh, with my mitzvah off, and finally I heard the word halt. I stopped in my tracks, and he told me, Draybär nicht um. he said, don't turn around. He was facing one direction, I was facing the other direction, and then I heard the words as well, nicht mehr lange dauern, halt immer aus. He <laughs> said, it will not last much longer. Hold out a little more.
0: In reference to the war, obviously.
1: In reference to the war. Wow. Right. So he, after, that was the, the only words I heard, he uh, continued walking his direction, I continued walking my direction. I come back to the barracks. I, told, I was, I, was I told my friends, "Do you know what just happened?" And they said, "Srulik, why are you dreaming up these things? Why are you telling us something?" And I, I just would not, would not believe that something like this occurred. But uh, to me, it was quite clear and quite, uh, and I understood exactly what he said. And it was, uh, to me, mummish, a, a, a revelation that the, something like this can happen.
0: How long after that was liberation?
1: Well, uh, after that, of course, they took us uh, again. Uh, uh, Melk was, uh, the, the Russian uh, army was, Melk was not far from Vienna. And the Russian army was approaching. So uh, there were three different ways that they uh, transported us out from Melk into Abenze and uh, so I would say probably uh, a liberation took place. At, do you realize uh, nachum tomorrow is the date of my liberation in, in, in Ebenzay, which is May the 6th? Wow. So I it's apropos that uh, you gave me the opportunity to express a few of my thoughts and my experiences at, at this time.
0: Unbelievable. Um, how old were you at liberation, 15, 16?
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: And, um...
1: That is, that is in itself liberation. In itself, is a tremendous, it's a very, very important time. And, and I think that one, uh, we we seldom speak about the moment of liberation. But I would say that is was the key to the future. In my own memory, I feel that uh, we were standing under dark clouds, and 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 if it wouldn't have been for moments where. Uh, with the, with the closingenberger rebels he said you're going to where he came by and said, said,Reai, uh, we have to go back to our masoira we have to go back to uh, what our what our mothers and fathers taught us, and we have to establish uh, girls' schools and we have to do something and 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 he encouraged us, and uh, we were at this point, I imagine it, it was like Kiblu magan Kiblu kibluuma." and And I can' say only what what we have today what 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 the 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 the, the B'nai in in the in the schools and the in the Talmud and the moisies that we have today in in Yisrael in America and all over the world, I think is because again the this the Shereza Plato, have which we are standing at that moment of liberation said oh
0: it's uh, difficult to argue with that I think you're hundred percent right um you you write about what seems at least uh, you allude to it uh, a group of young people a, a group of your uh, of people your age who you were my peers right right who you were close with right I think there were nine i think you wrote or eight or Seven. Nine. Seven. Seven. Uh, we were
1: actually uh, eight but uh one got uh, no two nine, but two got uh, wounded there was a bombing, and shebus i don't know if it was Shabus batas they bombed the uh, the german uh barracks, uh, which was around the camp, but uh, many uh, we were also hit many barracks were hit the bombs and they were uh, I happened to have been at work at that uh, afternoon or that day on day shift but uh two of my friends were uh, wounded, and uh, eventually I learned that they took them to a hospital where they nursed them back to to health in in a German hospital. And they brought in the Red Cross, and they took uh, history and pictures of how wonderful they, they are to, to, to those poor uh, prisoners. And they nursed them back, and once the, the Red Cross was finished with them, and so far, they, they, they killed them. Wow. So they, 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 this is what we learned after liberation. There was no doubt about it.
0: <sighs> uh, what is it like for you, knowing that all this happened in your mid-teens, when you see mid-teens today, young boys and girls in our community, who may not always appreciate life, who may not always understand how precious life is, what goes through your mind? And it, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm saying this. Um, I'm saying this right after the holiday of Pesach, because so many of us. So many of us look at so many things that we go through through the year as difficult. As you know, preparing for Pesach is difficult. Observing Pesach can be difficult, and there are many. Di- and to someone like yourself, it must be a very, very different perspective.
1: Well, I will tell you frankly, uh, I have gained strength from all this. I've gained strength in uh, right after liberation. I uh, took a day with Hashem like everybody else, and. And only then did we realize the enormity of, of the chorm, of what took place. And of course, we all had to make adjustments. And Burkhashem, I had the sense enough to make the adjustment that uh, there's, uh, there's no other way except to go back to the Masoira that, that my parents uh, brought me up and, and, and also my, the, the, my teachers. And uh, but I am sorry to say, um, and and I have to tell you, uh, which uh, gives me great pain, that I am very disappointed with the real, I would say, Chreidi or or the the very Froom community, that that they have not been and up in the front of teaching this harm Europe to their young people, and many young people unfortunately are not aware. And that's what pains me most and anything because I feel uh, we just we just got through saying behold <laughs> doir udom literacy <laughs> at smo e kila it's Chayev I've been is obligated to, to to project himself like he just went out from from Egypt. Why? Because he should be able to we it to you should be able to tell it to your children and, and grandchildren. And these young people in the yeshivas today and the very, uh, this are not, they're not given that information. And they are not going to be, make, be able to be metimed there. This is what pains me a great feel. But Hashem, I myself have been strengthened by all this, and, and I am no problem talking about it. And I'm doing my share because I think he got it to Levin for it is very important. And I, if, if Lefiania's date, I would even go further. I would say, Chai of Udom Lyris is Atzmoy, me Yoise, Mathausen, Auschwitz, and Treblinka and all these places, like he was he was liberated himself. In that way, they'll be able to give over to their children and grandchildren.
0: Understood, and believe me, much appreciated, and your words are so vital and important. But but is there a message directly about the is there a message directly to, to us a spoiled generation in terms of remembering and thinking about what our predecessors have gone through?
1: Well, the message first of all is twofold. One one is that I don't have to encourage them because it is a to say and to remember Ma'usul Chaim Mordech, that's one thing. And not only there, are many say it's not only on Purim or, or on 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 time uh, on that time. It's it's mamish every day one should remember that. And secondly, as I'm saying, that we should all take a a a a, a, a Musar Haskel uh, and and see and tell our children. Look here. Uh, of course, we 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 had Mitzrayim and. And 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 the all 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 the children, are goes through Parshas Boy and 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 learn about what, what the, the you know what Rabbi Yisraelim did uh, in, with for us on Yitzias Pinsraim, but uh, they also should know uh, about what happened seventy only seventy seventy five years ago approximately, and unfortunately there's it's there are many uh, less and less individuals like me who can get up and, and, and speak about it and say this is my experience. The This is what something I have seen. And I was not not something that I was told by my grandfather or great or, or my, my brother or sister. So that is very, very important and, and I hope as I said that as long as the Reboin Shram gives me the clears, I I will continue to do this. But I also feel that we also have to keep in mind that we, Baruch Hashem, have now a country called Eretz Yisrael, which is strong, and and we uh, probably don't even realize ourselves how strong. We have to uh, pray to the Rabbani Shalom that you continue to to guard them and give them protection and, and be able to, because they are our protectors now. And I don't think that Anything can happen now to the Jewish population as long as Israel is, is strong
0: and vibrant. Yeah, well, that's a very important message, uh, that's for sure. Israel Stark is the author of A Boy Named 68818. There is a um, presentation you'll be making today in Cedarhurst at the Shulamit School at 1030 this morning. The community community is welcome to attend that. We should also mention in the book itself you have a, a guide, a, uh, I guess we'd call it, what, a teacher's guide, an educational guide?
1: It is. That. The book itself is is, is based for uh, educational purposes for schools and libraries, and there is a historical overview, and there's a timeline and and uh, maps, and, and, of course, everything that you need in order to understand uh, what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to convey.
0: A lot of survivors are silent about their experiences. Were you silent for a while, or you've always been open about these discussions?
1: Uh, very interesting question. For some reason or other, yes, I was silent, but basically to my family. My family has been complaining, that is my children and my wife and children and grandchildren, have been complaining that, Dad, you have never spoken to us uh, as, as you go around now in the last uh, uh, 30, 35 years, speaking to many institutions and and days about your experiences. So why not? Uh, I really, uh, for some reason or other, I don't know, maybe it was a hidden A hidden feeling that that I did not want to to upset my own family uh, on something to that effect. But I still don't understand why I opened up to outside uh, audiences, but not so much to my family.
0: The book was written by telling your story to your daughter, correct?
1: The book was written because many times I got through speaking in uh, many moist ways. And, uh, I always asked, you have a library, and they, of course, uh, every, every school has a library. So, many times I, I asked to see the librarian, and I, uh, asked the librarian, and I says, let me ask you a simple question. If Moishala, Yankala, Ruchala, or even Johnny would come to you and say, you know, I just heard this man called uh, Israel or Sulek uh, speak about such terrible things that happened to my, Mar- Mar- grandfathers and, and, and our grandmothers i mean do you have anything that that i can read up or know more about it and this uh, is this, uh, maybe a nine or ten or eleven or twelve year old uh, child what would you give him oh we have we have that librarian said this is can i see some samples most of the time i'm sorry to say they had a few simple uh, light a uh, few page a few uh, pamphlets that they brought along and says, well, this is uh, somebody that has written them. I said, but you have anything which is, of course, uh, you, c- you cannot give these children to read uh, 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 the Frankel. Uh, this book is, is of course, uh, known uh, uh, all, all over the world. I mean, that's not for their age or for their understanding. But nevertheless, I felt there may be a need, there is a need for me to go and tell my story in, in a book form. And I spoke to my uh, daughter, who has been writing many uh been writing uh, many different articles and finally she agreed to listen to me and It took us three years it took me three years because she was so exact and she checked everything through with experts to see if 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 what every statement for instance I said my uh, distance between my cheder from my home to the Haider in Munkaj was two and a half kilometers, and she finally found out that it, it was three kilometers So <laughs> she called me to task and say you you made a mistake <laughs> and and so forth and so forth so i said well i should may, never make any any bigger mistakes but uh, it was so exact and i feel and i'm very satisfied that it, it filled the need because i've had some wonderful such wonderful feedback from different educators and and libraries about uh, this uh, book named a boy named Eight Eighteen.
0: Um, th- th- there's a tradition, I think, that I-, I would guess that I'd have to say it was started at some point I don't think it goes that far back, but I could be wrong uh, There may be a, a precedent of, of many, many years in Jewish history uh, That uh, if one receives a blessing from somebody who went through your type of experience It is a very uh, valuable blessing It's a priceless one uh, I-, I would I would bet you've been approached with that before, am I right?
1: I have been approached many times I'm very embarrassed uh, I um, have I've heard that the the Sakmar Rabbi or uh, as he say, he's the one who mentioned that if you need a brocha don't come to me come to someone that that has a tattoo on his arm right uh, I heard that's that was his statement and yes many people approaches me I I says I am not a Koyan and well but maybe as uh, we have also the 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 mamir chazal uh, al te berkhaz hedyo kal and i was uh, so fine uh, every jew is entitled to give a brocher to the other to the other his friend or 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 his uh, mishpacha Maybe, maybe the Rebbe will will, will, will will agree with
0: it. Well, Mr. Stark, if that's the case, I'll ask you to give us a blessing. And I don't just mean the people here, I mean everybody listening as well. That, number one, we appreciate and remember those who have sacrificed and have passed al-Kiddush Hashem on this Yom HaShoah, number one. And number two, that all of us, survivors and others, continue to fight for a safe, secure, and strong state of Israel, and that we do what we need to do in order to guarantee the future of the jewish people
1: this this i i i really agree with everything you said and this is very very important because this is going to be our strength this is where we have to put our efforts in and to see and uh... and we say we still hope our will be girl say that be
0: one of the most meaningful hours i've ever had the uh, honor to preside over thank you so much for joining me today and uh, continued good luck with the book
1: Thank you. I want to thank you for having me and, and, and giving me the opportunity to express some of my thoughts. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. Uh, Israel Stark, the book is A Boy Named 68818. It's available on Amazon. There's a New York area store listing on A Boy Named 68818.com. A Boy Named dot 68818.com. There is a Facebook page as well, and as I mentioned, the Shulamit School in Cedarhurst welcomes Mr. Israel Stark today at 10.30 this morning. The community is welcome to attend and uh, take advantage not only of the book and having your children read the book, but take advantage of the um, educational materials that are available for the classroom and for informal settings as well that are available after the epilogue of a boy named 68818. You are listening to Yom HaShoah 5776 edition uh, here at JM in the AM.